Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, and we are a few days away from Arizona's matchup versus the UCLA Bruins. Uh, Arizona is a 16-point underdog. Arizona is usually an underdog. Uh, I am curious about the spread for the Colorado game, but we're not there just yet. Uh, UCLA is coming off a loss to ASU. You can make the argument that UCLA was exposed in that game, um, at least was exposed defensively with the safety play, and really um, Chip Kelly got outcoached in that game. Uh, it definitely um, the UCLA defensive coordinator was pretty much, if you watch that game, had a horrible game plan from the beginning. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, Arizona's coming out of a bye week, and it's an interesting matchup. Um, because while I don't think UCLA is all that great, probably not as good as maybe some people thought early on in the season after the win against LSU, it is still a very difficult matchup for Arizona because the one thing that really stands out is there's a major speed difference on both sides of the ball. UCLA has put forth a roster that is just faster than Arizona's as Arizona continues to rebuild and try to become a faster team. UCLA is uh, is kind of already there in terms of overall speed. And so that's something that Arizona is, uh, is going to kind of have to work with. But kind of breaking this game down a little bit, um, UCLA on offense, it, it's not your Oregon Chip Kelly offense, but um, it's still pretty explosive at times. And Chip Kelly still will use unique formations. Don Brown pointed out, the ASU game, they went to a, a pod formation, basically. It looked extremely strange to the casual observer. Uh, DTR gets the snap, runs straight up the gut for, for a big gain. So they're willing to go a little different um, in, those, uh, in those formations. DTR is an interesting quarterback. Uh, his completion percentage is only 59.5. Um, he's not outstanding, I would say, but he gets the job done. Um, he's obviously a, a super athlete. He's ran for 200 yards and two touchdowns this season. Um, he actually has the second most run attempts on the team, which which I don't think they should have, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Ten touchdowns, one interception, um, averages nine and a half yards a pass. So Arizona's faced better quarterbacks already this season probably, but there's still that danger of the RPO in the system where, okay, you know, we, we have – good coverage, but DTR is going to take off with his legs. It's almost something that if you're Arizona and Don Brown, you kind of have to live with in the sense where you're going to say to yourself, look, uh, DTR may get some rushing yards on us, but he, at the end of the day, isn't going to be the reason where um, we lose. Uh, Make no mistake about it. The way that Arizona would lose this game is... uh, 
is on the ground with the running back. So, like, you take a look at ASU, for instance, and DTR had the most pass attempts of the season, threw for 230 yards, nothing crazy. Um, probably played his worst or one of his worst games of the year, uh, but ran 19 times for 96 yards, which is solid. Uh, but one of those was a 35-yard run. And, and so you want to keep him contained, but if he's running 20 times a game, you're probably okay with it. And the big reason is UCLA's running backs are are pretty good. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is, to me, one of the more underrated players in the conference. The problem is that sometimes Chip Kelly kind of goes away from him. And it makes no sense that Chip Kelly goes away from him because what they should be doing is is really kind of riding him. And, and so, like, you take a look at, like, Fresno, for instance, six carries for 19 yards. Uh, makes no sense that in that game he got six carries. Stanford, 23, ASU, 21. But he is a, a workhorse. Like, he should be getting, you know, 20, 25 carries a game. And he's only had two games where he's gone over 20 carries. To be fair, Hawaii, he had six carries for 106 yards. But LSU, we had 11, etc. And when you're gaining as much as he is, I mean, the guy's gaining 6.7 yards a carry. So if you're Don Brown, you're saying to yourself in this game, we got to run blitz. I mean, we we just we have to run blitz. That's what we need to do. Um, and if UCLA and DTR beats us in the air, so be it. You know, if that's how we lose, so be it. You have to have faith in Christian Roland Wallace and Isaiah Rutherford to be able to shut down UCLA's passing attack and say to yourself, look, if UCLA is going to beat us, it's going to be in the air. We can't let them beat us on the ground. Because in addition to Zach and DTR's running game, you also have Britton Brown, who isn't necessarily as explosive and solid as uh, a Charbonnet, but still good. 58 carries, 296 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he's averaging five yards a carry. Against ASU, he had 11 carries for 33 yards, which isn't great. But against Stanford, 8 for 66. Um, LSU, 17 for 96. Hawaii, 13 for 78. So, really, if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, and again, this is easier said than done. Like, I'm sitting here on a podcast telling you, oh, this is what they need to do. But uh, the reality is that um, it's more than that. But if you're Don Brown, you have to be able to stop the run and, uh, and shut that aspect of the game down. If you can successfully turn UCLA into a passing team or a less balanced team than it is, uh, you've, you've probably won the battle. Um, you know, UCLA has 123 passing attempts and 222 running. It wants to run the ball. It is absolutely going to try to force the issue, and uh, and that's where Arizona needs to kind of contain. The issue is that with the passing attack that UCLA has, it's still, they have weapons. Um, you know, they, they have two guys that really stand out. They'll throw up the running backs a little bit, but they have two guys that stand out in Kyle Phillips and Greg Dolce. Kyle Phillips is by far their biggest weapon on offense in terms of wide receiving. 22 catches, 352, 16, I'm sorry, six touchdowns, 16 yards, a reception. Um, you know, Hawaii and LSU, he had two catches each game, but ASU, six for 58, had a touchdown. Stanford, five for 120, two touchdowns. Fresno, seven for 113, two touchdowns. The problem that Arizona is going to have is UCLA will put one of those guys in the slot or one of their receivers. And if it's Phillips, we've seen how Arizona struggles once you challenge that third corner. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, you take a look and a guy like Malik Hausman started out as that nickel and was benched. And what Don Brown did against Oregon was Christian Roland Wallace played in the slot a little bit more and they kind of moved things around. And that's what they may have to do 
uh, against UCLA. If I'm Arizona, Christian Roland Wallace or Isaiah Rutherford, preferably Roland Wallace, has to be on Kyle Phillips the entire game. Like, you got to move around. You got to be able to move the defense and shift because they're going to try to get those mismatches and take advantage of them. Um, and the other mismatch is Greg Dulcich. And he's listed as a tight end. He's not a tight end. <laughs> okay. He doesn't really block. He's listed as a tight end because he's 6'4, 245. Uh, I don't consider him a tight end. Now, he's another guy, though, that he's difficult to cover because you're going to need a guy in the slot to cover him. Though He's another mismatch guy. Uh, killed ASU, nine catches, 136 yards. Uh, killed LSU, three catches, 117. But then has had mediocre games. Hawaii only had a catch. Stanford had a couple catches. Um, you need to be able to kind of contain him. Uh, it's easier said than done. General belief, you would assume, one of those guys is uh, is going to have a good game. It's just, it, it's it's difficult to figure out a way to be able to uh, to stop both those guys. And so what you got to think is that, you know, Arizona would probably go to a 4-3 type of defense and basically say, look, you're going to have to work harder for your yards and we trust our defensive backs. If they don't trust their defensive backs, if the defensive backs don't um, play well, it's going to be a long day for Arizona. Because in order to go to the 4-3 type of defense, um, you're going to have to get good safety play. And as we know, the last few weeks, Arizona has not had good safety play. Gunnar Maldonado, Jaden Young, those guys need to step up and be better. Because basically what you're saying is that against a guy like Kyle Phillips, you get Gunnar or Jaden, and they have to be able to hold up against them. And if they can hold up against them, um, it's, it's going to be a long day. So Phillips will go in the slot. And if Phillips goes in the slot, it'll be interesting to see if Brown goes with Rutherford or Roland Wallace to cover him because there's no way that a safety is going to be able to guard uh, Kyle Phillips. And so, you know, it, it's just going to be an interesting kind of chess game. Like Arizona, will it go single safety at times? It could um, but it, it's, again, it's it's kind of easier said than done. Like, you're going to have to be versatile on defense in order to make sure uh, that this kind of happens. And so Arizona is known for an aggressive defense, um, but how aggressive can it be uh, in this situation? Does he does he blitz DTR um, and, and all that? So uh, it, it is a, a difficult uh, situation. Defensively for UCLA, they are not good. Um, the safety issue, of course, you probably have heard this before, but magically, when a team faces Arizona, the health of the team all of a sudden gets better. And so Quentin Lake, the safety, who may not be 100%, but there's a difference between not being 100% and playing than just not playing. He'll probably be back this week. Um, their safety play was awful against ASU. ASU took advantage of that on the deep ball throughout the game. Uh, UCLA wound up playing walk-on safeties. Uh, it's just not gonna happen. Okay, it's uh, it, it's it's for them. They're in terms of aggressiveness. Arizona won't see a more aggressive defense all season, and it probably won't see in terms of aggressiveness, not scheme, but in terms of aggressiveness, is the closest thing to a Don Brown defense in the conference. I would say that Arizona probably has the most aggressive defense in the conference. Besides UCLA, UCLA by far has its most aggressive defense, and they're kind of of the belief that we're going to be aggressive no matter what. 
there's no major adjustments that we're making. We're going to come at you. And that's where, you know, if you watch that ASU game, uh, I don't like giving the Sun Devils credit. Don't get mad at me. But um, that's where, you know, ASU coached the crap out of uh, out of UCLA. Uh, I mean, the UCLA kept coming without making adjustments. There was a Ricky Pearsall screen. Uh, that was just stupid. That basically the safeties disguised the blitz. It, there's no way that it was going to be a blitz on that down. ASU took advantage of it. Um, and Pearsall went 65 yards for a touchdown. Uh, the safeties just, you know, cover zero blitz. They'll run a lot of that. Um, Jordan McLeod is probably the key to this game offensively. And yeah, I could say they need to establish the run and all that. But there's going to be opportunities for McLeod to throw the ball down the field. He doesn't necessarily have the arm for that. So I'm curious to see how Arizona adjusts. UCLA is weak on the outside. The, the screen game will be important. I have a feeling that Stanley Berryhill is going to have quite a few receptions in a good game because they're going to try to utilize him on the outside. Um, but they have to be able to kind of get out, get UCLA in space, and then use that uh, to challenge the safeties. But again, if Quentin Lake is healthy, all of a sudden um, that kind of goes down the drain. I don't want to say goes down the drain, but um, it, it becomes a little bit different so to speak but uh ucla is they have talent at linebacker mostly that's kind of where their their talent is with bo calvert and uh jordan genmar keith etc um they're not i don't want to say they're bad on defense because if i say that they're gonna go out and shut arizona out but <laughs> they're they're not nearly as good on defense as they are on offense um the thing is that they'll control the game and control the pace offensively and kind of um, really come at you. And Arizona's offensive line is going to be challenged. I said Jordan McLeod was Jordan McLeod was the most important player on Arizona in terms of offensive success and being able to throw down the, the ball downfield. The reality is the offensive line as a unit is probably more important because if they don't have a good game, uh, Arizona's dead in the water because they're going to blitz the heck out of McLeod, especially after they saw the Oregon game and McLeod's interceptions. They're going to try to disguise stuff, come at him from different angles, and really try to confuse him. The opportunity will be there for uh, for McLeod to use his legs. Um, it, it's going to be something where um, he has the ability to move the pocket. He just has to make sure that he gets out there and moves the pocket well and, and makes the right decisions. But offensively, this is probably Arizona's... Arizona has a good shot to go over 19 points, <laughs> you would hope. But that 19-point marker, there's a good chance that Arizona uh, can go over it this weekend if it makes the right decisions in terms of McLeod and the offensive line is able to, to block the blitzes. They, they did well against Oregon in establishing the run. That's what they would like to do every game. That's just how this offense is built. Um, also with the blitzes and the way that Arizona uh, offense wants to operate, not necessarily has operated, but wants to operate, you got to figure that guys like Bryce Woolman, Alex Lines will have their opportunities as well, especially in those covered zero situations from UCLA. So overall, you know, I I know it probably sounds like this is a winnable game the way I'm saying it on this podcast. It's going to be very difficult for Arizona to win because I think that there is a clear talent and speed gap overall. And while I don't think UCLA is a very good defensive team, I think Arizona's defense is going to be challenged in a way that maybe it hasn't been challenged all season. San Diego State kind of came right at you, and Arizona played a horrible quarter and a half, and that was that. 
BYU kind of came right at you. Oregon, you know, Arizona played out of their minds. Um, UCLA is going to really mix things up and challenge the speed of Arizona's defense like a team hasn't this season. And I just think it's it's very difficult to ask Arizona uh, to win this ballgame. I will say that I, I do think there's a good shot that Arizona could beat the spread. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this game is relatively close for a few quarters and UCLA pulls away. Um, I will say this, and I tweeted this, and, and people took it as a prediction. It wasn't. But Tucson is a place where coaches come to die. Uh, home coaches of Arizona and uh, away coaches as well. We have seen favorite teams come into Tucson, lose, and their coaches fired shortly after. Or it's the nail in the coffin, their coaches fired after the season, and you could point to the Arizona game. If Chip Kelly, if UCLA loses this game, I am confident in saying the Chip Kelly era is probably over. Uh, it's and, and it would it would all point to this game. Like fans are pissed about ASU, whatever. ASU is a solid team. There's no shame in losing at ASU. Fresno State, solid team. Whatever it may be, you lose to Arizona. Whatever coach loses to Arizona, the, and that's just where the Arizona program is right now. Whatever coach loses to Arizona, that fan base is going to want them out. And if that coach isn't in his first year, like Carl Durrell could probably live through it. Uh, Chip Kelly nearing the end of a contract. Uh, UCLA fans aren't fond of him to begin with. If they lose to Arizona, I'm going to go on the UCLA message boards right away because uh, there's going to be some fire on that thing. But the reality is um, you're at a point where Arizona is a 16-point underdog. It's a lot asking them to win this game. But I don't think it's asking a lot for this game to be relatively close and for them to put on a better effort than the last few home games. Uh, we're going to find out a lot about Jordan McLeod. You know, I'm not sure I've ever seen a situation, literally have ever seen a situation where a quarterback threw five picks and people were like, hell yeah, he's our starter. I said this in a previous podcast. It is strange. If a quarterback threw five picks at a major football school, they'd be left for dead, right? But people in Arizona and Tucson are like, heck yeah, we kind of moved the ball against Oregon. You know, let's go get it. Jordan McLeod. And so this is a big test for him. This is a big opportunity. We've heard how much he's improved over the bye week. With the reps, he's got them 200-some-odd reps this week, which is by far the most he's gotten in a practice week all season. And uh, and now it's kind of time to to see what he can do and to see if the optimism that the Oregon game brought is uh, is real. And I think that's the big thing. Is that real optimism? Or is it one of those deals where Oregon didn't play well, Arizona played kind of well, and it just kind of you know happened? Uh, we'll find out. And so we'll have a podcast after the game on Sunday. And once again, thanks for joining me, Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, and this is the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. There's a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.